Okay, and we are back with episode two of the Gnome Boys. Got a couple housekeeping pieces to to start us off here. First, anyone who was listening to our first episode, maybe looking to where we can where you can find us. We are on some more platforms now. Took a little bit to get the the submission process going through. So Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all the main ones. The as of recording, we're recording on Tuesday night. Spotify was still pending. That process taking longer for whatever reason. Hopefully by the time this episode is released, that'll be available. But if not, hopefully, you know, pretty soon here. But Apple Podcasts is the main one. So hopefully it'll be a little easier to find us if there's any issues last week. And then second, just have a couple couple people to thank who've done some behind the scenes work for us. Our good friend Chris made our intro and outro music, which you just heard before we got started here. So big thanks to him. Whipped that up in about what felt like 90 seconds. So crushed that for us. And then our other good friend, Autumn, who's done our the graphics work for us. Our sweet logo, brand new Twitter header just went up. Uh, so big thanks to both of them uh, for doing what we are unable to do because that stuff is hard. So big shouts to them. So for today, got a fun episode lined up. Got some NFL talks and playoffs, a little bit of the Alabama Ohio state game. And then we're getting into a couple more movies this week. Um, we're talking, everybody wants some, the classic only four years ago, already classics, Richard Linklater movie, and then shit house, a newer movie from just in 2020. And then of course, finishing up with another round of Hey Hambage. So starting off, we had the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. We had the three games on Saturday, three games Sunday. Always a great weekend. You know, six playoff games. Can't go wrong there. Saturday, we had the the Bills taking down the Colts 27-24. Rams over the Saints 30-20. And the Bucks over the Washington football team 31-23. What did you think of the game, guys? How did uh, you guys watch it all? What, what are your any, any thoughts, takeaways? Yeah, if I recall, that was the, the Bills-Colts. That was the first game game right yep i believe yep yep i mean i for one i mean you probably love him too since he's on the vikings i love the josh allen stefan diggs combo there one because i may have had him in fantasy football separate leagues <laughs> but two they're just fun to watch like i mean stefan's just a fun guy he's like the he's the big big play type of guy i mean he'll move the chains too but he's just fun to watch yeah yeah i mean, agree that game was that game was fun um uh, for me, it was also cool with the Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin connection, just seeing him perform in his first playoff game. But overall, I think the Bills are just, like you said, Neil, very exciting, very fun team to watch. It's hard to root against them. I absolutely love Josh Allen. That that guy is just electric. It's not a hot take at all, of course, but my God, that guy is, is just, like you said, fun to watch. He just rips the ball. He can run. He can do it all. And yeah, I do miss Diggs on the Vikings. Uh, we got a Decent replacement with Justin Jefferson. Uh, no question there. But I mean, Diggs was arguably, you know, top three receiver this season. Maybe Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs is right there with them. So it's always fun to see the former guys go off and do well. I know Minnesota sports have a history of that. David Ortiz, Kevin Garnett, Stefan Diggs just joining the long line. <laughs> and then the the Rams Saints. It's kind of a shock, shock, not a, maybe not a shock, but a surprise to see the Saints go down. Um, Seahawks, Seahawks. Oh, yep, Seahawks. My mistake. Yep, Rams, Seahawks. And Russ, Russell Wilson. I mean, the beginning of the season, that man was on fire. And then he just kind of trailed off and did an okay game, but 
for the MVP hype he was getting to start the year looked like a shell of himself uh, over the weekend, I thought. And yeah, I don't know if you got... go ahead, Dirk. I was just going to kind of echo Hambridge there. It was interesting to see um, Russell and the media just, you know, anointing him the MVP after week four or five or whatever it was. And then, like you said, second half of the season, he, uh, he couldn't cook as well as he was the first half. And, you know, just as a, as a Packer fan, I loved him with the Badgers. You know, it was only a year. Um, still don't forget that NFC championship. So whenever he doesn't cook, I, uh, I do enjoy that. Another note that I saw that I didn't even realize, I guess Sean McVay as a head coach, he's 37-0 and 0 when he's up at halftime. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did not. That's wild, no. Like I saw it earlier this year, it was at 32, and now it's at 37. I had no idea. I mean, that's, some, that's one of those little stats you don't think about, and then ESPN, like, you know, puts it up in the corner, and you're like, who would think about that? But that's actually uh, pretty impressive. Especially, you know, I'm, I'm guessing a, a number of those probably were, you know, were one-score games or even within one score, you know, three, four points, and just hold on to that lead, and then not even have one single collapse ever i mean you think the odds would be stacked against him to and was it just any lead at all or a lead of certain certain amount of points and up it was just all all leads uh it didn't specify so i just assume any lead at all wow that's impressive like i'm sure he's had games where they were down and came back as well but yeah i guess any lead 37 and 0 just shuts him down so hopefully packers don't go down in the first half this week. Yeah, we'll yep. see. We'll see. No matter what happens, I'm sure we'll have a, you know some some good talking points on the Packer game with two two big fans on on the podcast here. And then Saturday night finished up with the Bucks and the Washington football team, and you know the big story there was Tom Brady back in the playoffs, but also um, Washington was down to what their third string quarterback Taylor Heineke just came in and you know they lost the game, but that was just a fun, fun player to watch. I mean, that touchdown run was incredible and, you know, not saying he's going to be a starter by any means, but he earned himself some backup money for life. It looks like. Yeah. You, you just mentioned, you said, you know, the big story was Tom, but like, I, I truly think it was Taylor. I mean, that dude is just fighting for his career at this point. You know, if he was a third string, I mean, he's just, like you said, fighting for a backup role to get, you know, extra, extra money and extra time in the league. So and well, I mean, I, I won't discredit Tampa. They're uh, they're looking really good for this time of the year, and that's really scary to see as well because we all know how Tom is in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Tom and uh, Drew Brees here. A couple of older quarterbacks, of course, with Rodgers going at at it uh, this coming weekend. But yeah, the football team. I would say if, if you're a fan of the football team, it's got to be fun to actually have some uh, uh, an interesting, fun team to be rooting for. Now we'll see what happens with them moving forward. Yeah, they've been kind of a, yeah, I'm a really, dumpster I'm a fire. Fan. Nice to see him start to turn turn things around. And I was a big fan of their um, their rookie running back, Antonio Gibson. I mean, he didn't get the uh, spotlight like I was kind of hoping so, but, you know, it was Washington. They need to get, you know, J.D. McKissick and all those other guys in there. And you can't, I guess, can't tr- fully trust a rookie running back as well. But it was nice to see him in the moments as well. So they got, they got some young players um, that can really you know, make a difference going forward all right and moving on to the sunday games started with baltimore taking down tennessee 20 to 13 saints over the bears 21 to 9 in the incredible nickelodeon game we'll get to that and then the browns over the steelers in the nightcap 48 37 that was something else as well um 
the Ravens Titans, that was kind of the, the boring game of the three. And that was maybe one of the more hyped games, you know, the, the Ravens starting to find their groove near the end of the season, the Titans, once again, being an underrated offensive juggernaut. I mean, Tannehill seems to be one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. AJ Brown is an absolute monster of a human being and a football player. It's unfair. And then obviously Derrick Henry is superhuman, but the Ravens shut him down, you know, only scoring 13 points. Can't remember what his final stat was, but I think it was under hundred yards. Um, the Ravens are after a slow start to the season, they might be looking like a pretty scary team. Yeah. They're solid. Lamar Jackson had like a hundred and what was it? 30 or 40 some yards running. Um, and yeah, I saw it. That's that stat image. I think Derrick Henry had like 40 something yards. Uh, running so you're right they shut them down uh, they could be really peaking here at the right time yeah I'm a big fan of Lamar as well so really happy for him with this I think this is his first playoff win uh, yep. I mean he hasn't had too many but this should be his first one uh, another guy for that team who's really um, kind of peaked in the second half here is Hollywood Brown I know he had a lot of like hype going into the season about you know being a go-to guy even though you know Lamar isn't like a heavy passer but you know, the first half of the season, you didn't really hear much about him. Didn't get, wasn't really on the stat line that much, but he's really, uh, he's really turned around here the last, last uh, seven or eight games. And then yeah, for sure. Saints and Bears. Did you guys watch the Nickelodeon feed or do you watch the, the regular broadcast? <laughs> I was popping back and forth. And I got to say that the Nickelodeon feed at first, I'm like, what is going on? The first uh, comment or, or I, I guess thing that I heard was a cat dog reference. And I, I was like, <laughs> what is happening? And then I listened a little bit more and I was like, this is incredible. It was, it was fun to see uh, Noah Eagle or to hear, I should say Noah Eagle sounds just like his dad. And I thought Nate Burleson absolutely killed it um, as, lo- as well as wow. I think her name was Gabrielle, the, the girl that was on there. She mm. was great. They, they all, it, it just brought a lot of fun and a, a different, um, a different view viewing to, to football it was great i thought yeah nate burleson seemed yeah unfortunately tailor-made for for that kind of broadcast he was in his yeah. element yep. it, was, it was great unfortunately i did not get to see the nickelodeon version at all i didn't i really didn't get to watch much of it in general but do we know of this week uh they're broadcasting a game i didn't see anything i did not know that's a good question but we can probably find out while we i think also as here as uh yeah yeah and i know it um I, I think you saw this, Neil, because I think we were sending some some tweets out. But the slime end zone touchdown graphic that they had <laughs> out of this world, that was great. Yeah, incredible. I saw it. I'm like, what? And then the Google. I may not have watched, but I did see pick. all those. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out the MVP to Mitch, too. Oh, that was incredible. I mean, that had to be had to be Barstool. <laughs> they were they were tweeting about that. Uh, Mitch, for, Mitch for MVP. And, and I mean, I think I can't remember how much he won by, but it was it was all bears players too in the top three voting. And that, that was maybe just the perfect, you know, nightcap to the game. And then what I, what I really liked though, the two Nickelodeon personalities they had, you could, especially the, the girl, Gabriel, you could tell she had never watched a football game in her entire life. Yep. Maybe had never even seen a football before, but she just went for it. Like that had to be such an intimidating yep. situation to just, go in, go all in on. She's like, right. yeah, yeah, I'll do this. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. And it came and across, but, but it, you know, just the, the gumption to just absolutely put all that effort and, you know, she seemed comfortable. That was really impressive. That was, that was a really cool un, underreported spot about it. Agreed. Agreed. She was great. And uh, I, I'm blanking on his name, but the other, 
the other Nickelodeon Lex personality. I think he's on. Yes, yes. And what a name, too. All what Man, a name. I want to say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He was great. Um, it was that that clip of him pronouncing Mitch the MVP. I mean, poor Mitch, because <laughs> that was <laughs> unfortunate but hilarious at the same time. Oh, that was that was fantastic. And then the nightcap, uh, the Browns and the Steelers. A lot of people kind of wrote off the Browns just initially, and they had a bunch of COVID issues, positive cases, couldn't practice. Didn't get their first in-person practice, I think, until Saturday. And so what was already looking like a tough matchup seemed to be a foregone conclusion that the Steelers were going to just walk all over them. And then the Browns had a turnover touchdown on the first play where the Steelers gave it to them. Bad snap over Big Ben's head, went to the end zone, and they never looked back. It was, what, 28-0 in about within the first quarter. Ended up making it a little closer in the end, but really the Browns just ran all over them. Some defensive issues at the end there, but Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb looked great. Jarvis Landry was, was good again. Baker looked solid, but you know, they've got a tough matchup with the, with the chiefs next week. So we'll see what happens, but did you guys have a chance to watch much of that game? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it, Dirk. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say that it was a fun game. Um, Seeing the Browns perform like that, like you were saying, they may be peaking at the right time. Of course, playing the Chiefs this coming week. Um, but but I have more of a question for you both. And I'm curious what you think about OBJ and what's going to happen with him next year. Are they going to incorporate him back in the offense? Offense? Are they going to trade him? What do you guys think? What's do you do you know what his contract situation is at this point? It's a good question. Because I mean that might play a factor in it as well. Otherwise, I, I don't the the trade. Um, I think it might be in the table there too, because like he still ha- he holds that big name. People right. have seen what he does or what he can do, and even though he doesn't hasn't been able to show it lately, teams will still buy into that. You know, someone's going to bite in for sure. And I think he, I do think he signed. I'm looking it up now, but I think he signed an extension uh, when he was traded or right around then. Yeah, but it was yeah, it, it was like- crazy to see how much better Baker played after mm. oh, yeah. he went down. And you know, the, the common thought was that he didn't feel he had to force Beckham targets, yeah. that he could just take what the field was giving him. Definitely. And, and we'll you know, we'll see, you know, if Beckham can you know lean into that role where he doesn't need eight, nine, ten right. targets a game if he if he can be satisfied with four or five, if that's what the game script calls for. You know, a lot of receivers are are pegged as prima donnas or having attitude issues if they don't get the ball enough. And, you know, obviously he's talented and he kind of, he deserves those looks, but if he's double covered and Hooper or, or Higgins is open, you know, he's got to go where the, where he can get the ball. Um, so that'll be, that'll be an inter- interesting off season discussion. Absolutely. To, to follow on what they want to do with, with Beckham. Obviously, like you said, the contract will play a big part into what they're maybe even able to do. But that's, that was a topic at the end of the season, and I'm sure it'll continue to be going forward. All right, and then last football news. Um, I know none of us watch it too closely, it sounds like, but the college football championship, Alabama versus Ohio State, and Alabama just ran all over them. I mean, Devontae Smith was at 13 catches, 200-plus yards, three touchdowns <laughs> in the first half. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> hurt his hand early in the second half. And as, reco- as we're recording this, I haven't seen any news confirming what the official injury is, but, you know, he seemed to be in good spirits. Saban seemed to be in good spirits. He was back on the sideline by the end of the game, even, you know, not too long after he was injured, I don't think. 
So it seems good at the outset, but for the Heisman winner, you know, almost in locked in first round draft picks, no matter of how high he's going to go. Um, that's, that's probably good news, but he was something else. And I don't like Alabama typically, but I could watch that man just embarrass defensive backs all day long. Yeah. yeah he was stud. <laughs> yeah. He was really impressive. Uh, I, like I, like I mentioned you guys earlier, I didn't watch the whole game. I kind of chimed in here and there as I was watching it. Um, but someone I really wanted to watch closely was uh, Najee Harris. Um, just college football as a whole, I didn't follow as closely just because of everything going on with COVID and a lot of conferences not starting until later. But the running backs I always like to look at closely just because when it comes to fantasy football, I kind of always have an infatuation with rookie running backs. Why? I don't know. I just kind of like the appeal of the, you know, the young guy coming up and, you know, possibly getting all those touches. Uh, he didn't, uh, he didn't run for over hundred yards, but I think he had, you know, 70, some rushing, 70, some receiving, but he certainly didn't need to do it all himself that game. Anyways. Is that why you like Antonio Gibson this year too? Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. And I did see a tweet, um, a little bit a little while ago is saying that he dis or not 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 harris but Devonte smith dislocated his finger is what happened last night okay i, I think i can't find anything must have seen it after. Um, yeah and i don't know if it's for sure but it sounded like that's what uh was going around at least at least twitter um, but i'm also a big jalen waddle fan and that was very interesting seeing him coming out and actually playing for a bit last night let's hope uh he he didn't injure himself anymore uh than he was while he was trying to recover here but i thought that was that was uh just interesting in and of itself that he came out and actually played it was like two and a half months after surgery so that was something i think he's going to really help help a team in the nfl next year too yeah all right well that should do it for the the football talk uh we'll be back you know when we're back next week we'll go over the nfl games again see if we've got a couple happy packer fans or a couple sad packer fans you know, only time will tell, but we'll move into the main, main crux of the episode, uh, starting with everybody wants some. Uh, so the summary in 1980, a group of college baseball players navigate their way through the freedoms and responsibilities of unsupervised adulthood. And even that's maybe giving it a little too much credit. College baseball players hang out and have fun. That's pretty much, pretty much the story. Um, it's directed by Richard Linklater, who of course did Days and Confused. And while these aren't related, this is often seen as a spiritual sequel of sorts to Days and Confused. Same kind of vibe, uh, just a group of young guys just hanging out. Um, you know, Days and Confused, I think it's just over a one-day period, maybe maybe a couple. And everybody wants some, goes over three or four days, you know, the long weekend before going back to, to class or before classes start. And it's that time of, time of college when you, you're right before end of summer, beginning of school, where you just have zero real responsibilities. And that is part of what really draws me into it because it brings back so much nostalgia from that. Uh, Dirk and I played on the tennis team in college, him for four years, me for a couple. And we kind of had the same deal. You know, we'd go back early for practice, have a couple hours with the team, and then just kind of the time is yours for the rest of the day for that full week. And then, you know, junior, senior year, even if you know a bunch of our friends who weren't on the team, we would still go back a few days early and just just hang out. And it it felt so much like what these guys were doing. Obviously, you know their parties might might have been a little bit rowdier than ours and that kind of thing. But just the general feeling, and it really takes you back. And I mean, this is one of my all time absolute f- 
favorite movies. I know, Dirk, you'd seen it before, but Neil, this was your first time watching it. What did you think? Yeah, first time watching it here. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I just watched it last night, actually. Uh, one thing, you know, I kind of connected with it in a way is, so the movie starts off where it's, you know, th- it says, you know, three days and however many hours till the first class when it's uh, Jacob, I believe he arrives at the baseball house. So essentially he goes back, you know, the first weekend before school starts and like just watching the movie, it feels like a, you know, a month worth of events happen during that time, not just a weekend, which what I recall, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, 12 years since we were freshmen in college, but I remember going to moving into the dorms early that first, you know, weekend before, and it didn't feel like a weekend. It felt like, you know, maybe not a month, but you know, it felt like, you know, a week or two weeks. It didn't just feel like a couple of days. You know, just like in the movie, you know, you're meeting new people every day. Um, you're just trying to like figure out your ground in college. And honestly, you know, you get lost and you get lost and you're just trying to figure out your way to go. And, you know, that's kind of how we saw Jacob go through the movie. You know, it helped that he had the baseball team. He had a lot of seniority, you know, guiding him along. Uh, but at the same time, it was just him trying to like, you know, figure it out. Yeah, most definitely. And I agree. Um with all of that, I agree with Hamage relating it to our tennis experience. And like you said, Neil, it, it's only a weekend, but you almost immediately forget that it's been essentially two hours into this guy's first, uh, first day, first night into college um, after 20 minutes of the movie. And it really is, I, I think overall, it's about finding your identity almost as you enter adult life in a way. And it, it the movie kind of makes you, like you said, Neil, forget that it, it is only a weekend. It, it seems to be so much more, which makes it so uh, enjoyable to watch, I think, overall. And, and one of the things- Another I, thing I want to add. I like that you said the finding your identity because they kind of joke about that. You know, they go to the, the yep. disco, then they go to the the country bar, they go to the the, the punk rock concert, they go to the, yep. the theater party. And they kind of play off of, you know, Jake and Finn had this talk. He's like, I don't really know who I am. And obviously it's, it's a heightened version of, of that, but you know, the common theme is in life is, you know, you go to college to find yourself. And I'd say that, you know, you're only 18, you're kind of becoming yourself, but you know, it's a minor distinction, maybe just the use, you know, the word choice there, but it kind of is that in a nutshell, you know, you're experimenting, you're trying new things, seeing new groups of people, uh, you know, getting new experiences that you maybe didn't have, you know, in your high school days. And they just kind of cram you know, four years worth of that into a, you know, a two hour movie. And I think that's one of the reasons why it sticks so well with me is because it feels so grounded in reality. You know, in a lot of these, you know, coming of age type movies, you know, Booksmart, 21 Jump Street, even, you know, the American Pie movies, there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief where these situations are a little too outrageous to actually consider that they could happen in real life. But really, there's, I don't think there's really anything that sticks out and everybody wants some as something that you couldn't believe would actually happen. And, you know, everyone's got friends like these guys. Everyone's got a Finn who thinks they're the wisest, you know, most intellectual guy on campus. Everyone knows a, a Mick Reynolds who's just overly competitive in a group of overly competitive friends. Um, and, you know, that's part of what makes it so, so rewatchable, aside from being hysterical and incredibly quotable, that it, it just feels so real and you just kind of get lost in it. Yeah, and I think going off that too, there <clears throat> there are so many opportunities for this movie to have like a, a predictable um, scenario or, or situation or resolution to happen. And I don't think it, it really ever fell into that. It was more, um, 
it was more real and more, uh, I don't know, j- just casual and, and normal. And it didn't have that, like, Oh, I knew this was going to happen type of thing. It was just, yeah. A bunch of people hanging out, trying to figure things out. It was, I, it was just really enjoyable. Um, I mean, I'm glad you said that. Cause I mean, that's really how college is. It really isn't predictable. Like everything that's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, in high school, you have a kind of a mindset, what you see on TV and hear from friends, see on Facebook, but everyone's experience is going to be different which is kind of what you said, uh, Hambidge, about the, you know, they went to the country bar, they went to the disco bar, they hung out with the hard rock, and then, you know, they hung out with the, the drama students. You know, it's kind of a good mindset to have because every time they thought about doing that, they just shrugged their shoulders and they're like, yeah, let's try that. Yeah. So it's yep. a great mindset to have because you don't know what you're going to like until you do it. And yep. every time they went to one of those places, they had a great time. Which, which place would have been your favorites, do you think? Gut feeling, both of you guys. Gut out, of, out of where they went, probably the sound machine, the disco. Not oh, that yeah. I, not that I would, no, not, that no I, not that I would question. go to a disco bar, <laughs> but, but out of, oh, but, most definitely. but that that place looks sick. You looked sick. in the middle of the disco bar, and Neil and I would have just been <laughs> chanting "ham bone, ham bone." It, for me, it wasn't it Down. wasn't the music; it was just the atmosphere of yep. that of that place. Sure. Like yep. you just have a few drinks, and you get whatever music's playing. Everyone's dancing. Game over you know, oh, yeah. can't be beat. And you yeah. know, back in the eighties, you're just, you have those, those, uh, roller skates on and <laughs> after a few turns, like you're just, you're just so good at it. And Oh, I wish we could go back to do that. That'd be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Dirk, you would have been all over the what roller What bar do you skate. miss the most from college? Oh, good Ooh. question. I've, I've got to, I've got to say at the end of the day, El Pio, and we're going to get into some, oh, some yeah. deep, some deep cuts here. So anybody from the Eau Claire area will know what we're talking about. Um, but El, El Pio is just kind of a, a casual bar, kind of. Uh, but they had a bunch of games there. They had some really good special drinks. Um, but it was more so you could just kind of hang out. You know, you can still talk to your friends. That's always the biggest drawback to these super loud, like, dance bars, is that if you're not dancing, you know, the music just blaring in your ear and you can't really have any sort of conversation. But El, El Pio kind of had a, a decent mixture of that. But uh, what, what about you guys? What are you missing the most? Yeah, I did, I did enjoy the pile. It was somewhere where, you know, it it was actually lit well and you could actually have a conversation. So that was always nice. They had some good deals as well. Um, I'm trying to remember, Derek, you might be able to help me out. I know they got fish bowls eventually. I don't know if that was our fifth year or our fourth year. That was fourth. It was only like, they were there when I, when was, I was in my okay. senior, my fourth year. I think it was only like seven bucks and it was probably like, you know, four, four drinks worth in there at least. Well, they but were intended actually... to share, but no, <laughs> nobody would ever share them. You get your no, one drink true. and you're, you're set for the night. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with that said, I do always have a special place in my heart for, you know, a place like, like the disco bar where, you know, you, everyone's in the middle dancing, you know, not talking, but, you know, just not thinking much about school at all, just, you know, having a good time. So yeah, I know if for you're at a dance bar and either... everyone gets into it, then those can be tons of fun. Kind of like a wedding dance floor. No one's a good dancer. Oh, no yeah. one knows what they're doing, but everyone's just just going all out. Yeah, I know the two main ones for us at Eau Claire is either, you know, Brad or uh, Shenanigans, too. Oh, oh yeah, I can Brad picture Ambo and Hoban holding a couple uh, Boone's Farm. Very vivid. <laughs> oh, oh I forgot now. about they sold those there. <laughs> Hambone just bit. pop over a little fishbowl action and then just, oh, where'd Hambone go? Just a Boone's farm in his left hand walking yeah. into the broad. You know, Nothing I mean, it looks sophisticated farm. when he's talking to girls. And this little <laughs> bottle, bottle of wine, if you want to call that wine. It's, oh, yeah. it's like alcoholic juice. That's probably the best way to describe it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and one, going back to the movie, um, 
one one thing I, I really liked about it is that there was no true like A-list superstar actor. Yeah. It was it was a bunch of people. So was, there's actually a a GQ kind of oral history that I that I looked up the other day that's actually really, really good. If you just search GQ, everybody wants some, it should show up. Then an interview with a bunch of the guys from the who were on the team in the movie. You know, they just kind of had a a really real team mindset about it and you know they hung out at link at link later's ranch for a couple of weeks ahead of time and you know they were talking about just kind of the the mindset of the guys and the, you know sometimes you get a an a-list you know big time star actor and that can kind of throw off the vibe a little bit throw off the balance and you know a couple people have, have become famous since then you know glenn glenn powell who plays finn you know he was in set it up he's going to be in you know, uh, this year's top gun maverick tyler hecklin he plays Mick Reynolds. He was, you know, known for uh, Teen Wolf. He's, you know, Superman in Supergirl, and then he's got his own series coming up. Um, but, but really, there was no one who was. It's not, you know, like if you saw someone like like Leo DiCaprio or someone of his caliber status in this role, it would, for me at least, it would probably take me out of the movie a little bit. And not knowing who these guys are outside of, you know, their specific role here. I mean, a lot of times they just they were casting for you know, good looking guys around college age. And that's, that's how um, Temple Baker who plays Tyrone Plummer. Um, that's how he got in. He just went in just on a whim and it's kind of told jokes the whole time. And that's how he got cast. Um, and, and so it just kind of still makes it feel more real going back to probably my, one of my main things about it is that, you know, you have just these kind of everyday people playing the roles and it just helps, helps it feel really grounded. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that uh, may have been, well, I, I guess, how can I say this? I, I think what I was saying earlier about how there wasn't any silly or forced conflicts, like the movie just kind of like glides all the way through. And there easily could have been, you know, something stupid come up where it's like, oh, great, here we go. Like, that's predictable. It never happened. And even when like McRen- I think it was McReynolds, right? And and Jake playing ping pong towards the end of the movie. Yep. And they start just getting pissed at each other. Like that seems super genuine. Like I can I, I can picture that happening to any of us of our friend group, anything like that. And I think that's what that's what gave the movie its charm. Like you said, Ham, there's the the fact they all were just for the most part everyday normal guys um, coming coming into this film and just essentially hanging out. Almost it was it was really fun to watch, and that just I think for me gave me gave me or gave it uh it, it the charm that it has yeah i think it was a, a really good choice not to really have any true conflict i mean there are a couple yeah. fights here and there there's there's jay niles getting him tossed out of the out of the sound machine when he's he's pissed about his his uh his his um oh my gosh i'm blanking his screwdriver screwdriver <laughs> when the guy's <laughs> the, incredible. when he's giving him the old-fashioned stare for a lime in it <laughs> you don't throw a lime incredible. in a screwdriver and then they're about to go to the next, the country bar, I believe it is. And he's like, all right, let's go. I'm run home. But, but it just, yeah. Cause I mean, thinking back to our days in college, you know, when we're just hanging out, you know, there was never any real conflicts or fights um, just kind of go on to the next thing. And it just, like you said, it just has a nice, easygoing charm to it. And you just get, you get invested in the yep. characters cause you can see yourself partially in one or more of the people you can kind of picture how you would be in that situation and you know one of the things that that also helps is is when it took place you know being in the 80s there was no social media there wasn't even cell phones 
And, and Glenn Powell has a quote about that in that GQ article. He says regarding the characters, these guys were all about chasing the fun, but you didn't need to post it on Instagram or Twitter and show people that you're having a good time. You just did it. You didn't need to constantly be in touch. As soon as you left the house, nobody could find you. And, and that, you know, cause we were in college, you know, Snapchat was launched like your fifth year, maybe even the year after that. Yep. And, you know, people, people would take pictures for Facebook and whatnot. Um, but there was very, there's a lot less, you know, live posting, live streaming, what you were doing, posting videos and pictures as you were out, you were mm. just kind of more in mm. the moment and going back to that kind of feeling even more. So kind of makes me wish that that's how more people, more people were. I've been guilty of it. We've all been guilty of it. You know, Dirk for is sure. the guy of a thousand, 10,000 pictures, maybe <laughs> um, provide a lot of for laughs sure. over the years. Um, but at the same time, you know, you don't have that, that phone to worry about just being able to see guys just go out and just really live in the moment. Um, was kind of refreshing to see when you, you know, versus all of the modern day movies and everyone's on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, just constantly. Yeah. I know our fifth year, I think it was the 2012, 2013 year. It was like Instagram, Snapchat, and Vine. I think anyone remembers Vine out there. They all dropped that year. And I feel like I know Instagram might be the most popular one right now of those three. You know, Snapchat's still up there too, but I feel like Snapchat and Vine, at least with Dirk here, I know are one of the most popular ones because I don't think Instagram didn't have video yet. It was just pictures. So the snap, it was just an automatic picture or video to someone and then just disappears. You know, that was the beauty of it. Yeah, I think that, that, so the older I've gotten, as you both know, I've become very anti-social media, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think back then for me, Vine was something that was just incredible because it was, you didn't, you know, you had just a screen name, essentially. It's not like it was uh, you as a person, so to speak. And you're just po- posting six second stupid videos of Neil sleeping is what I did a lot, <laughs> you know, and it was just, it was funny. But with that being said, <clears throat> I think we, in a way lucked out, we didn't have the actual um, social media that people have these days in, in college. So that was nice. But I think, like you said, Hambage, <clears throat> this movie is is so great um, to me because it, it, it's in the eighties. You go out and, and <clears throat> like, like Jake said, um, I believe at one point in the movie, he's talking to, to the girl, his love interest. And she's like, how'd you find me? You know, and it's because he just watched her go into her apartment. And it's like, that, that's, you don't know where um, people are every second of every day back in the eighties. You don't have a cell phone. And that, that I think um, it does lead into the whole, like, you know, the, the charm of the movie. And I think sure. it, it's nice for the viewer because you can kind of just pretend like, at least for the three of us, since we're um, guys that, you know, played sports and stuff, you can put, put yourself into being one of the teammates and kind of enjoying the film that way. I think that's why I really liked it overall. Speaking of Jake's love interest, she was actually the one actor or actress that I actually recognized her before. Last movie I saw of her was flower, which I don't know if you guys saw, but I I liked that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So did I, but she plays a completely different person than what she portrays in this one, which kind of threw me for a loop a little bit, but um, but no, I mean, I enjoy her stuff a lot. Yeah. Zoe Deutsch, um, got to give her a shout out. She's one of my favorite actresses right now. She's, she's just awesome. She actually was in set it up with Glenn Powell. They had this, that came out a couple years after everybody wants some, they've got incredible chemistry in that. That's a really fun movie on Netflix, but yeah, flower. I'm surprised you saw that. That's actually a really 
really cool. I don't, not a lot of people didn't see that one, but yeah, she plays kind of a, a twisted character in that movie. A little, a little more of a, more of an edgy character. We'll say. Yeah. So don't give away too much, Powell. but it's, it's good. It's, it's worth yeah. a lot. <laughs> speaking of Glenn Powell though, what, what did you guys think of Finn and everybody? Oh, wants oh Finn's, inc- Finn's incredible. <laughs> He's Finn, amazing. Finn, Finn's probably, <laughs> Finn's probably my favorite character. Yeah, you, it's you, almost you, every scene is it. It's like this. This is gonna be great. Yeah, I mean, I say I say that, and then I think you know Jay Niles is so over the top. He's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's so much, and that's another thing that's great. Everyone has their moment to shine. That if, you, if you're talking, you know, most rewatchable scene, you know, it's basically the entire movie. At least for me, every scene gets me differently every time. But but Finn Finn probably stands out as as my favorite. Just the attitude. You know, I kind of picture guys from the tennis team that might be more or less in the the Finn role, if you will. Sure. Um, but he's that that classic upperclassman, thinks he has all the answers and just goes out and just just kills it. Just knows how to have yep. a good time and and just brings that brings that energy up and just lifts up everybody around him. He's Finn Finn's the best. Glenn Powell, I love Glenn Powell. I cannot wait to see him in, in more things going forward. One hundred percent agree. All right. Well, we went pretty long on everybody wants some. So let's let's switch over to to shit house. And you know, there's definitely going to be some similarities in in themes and you know how they tackle certain aspects very differently in the two movies. Um, so that movie, as IMDb says, a homesick college freshman goes to a party at shit house and ends up spending the night with his sophomore RA, who's had a shitty day and wants someone to hang out with. So this was written and directed by Cooper Rafe, and this came out in 2020, and it won the Grand Jury Prize for Best Narrative Feature at last year's South by Southwest. And, you know, like everybody wants some, there's no no stars, no no big time names in this in this movie. Um, Cooper's character, Alex, his roommate, Logan Miller, is probably the most recognizable actor in the movie. And, you know, he's not even in anything that big. He was in escape room. Uh, last year or two ago um but this this one if if anybody's seen bo burnham's eighth grade this is basically like that but in college you know transitioning to a new a new moment in life but you know not really adjusting that that well to it whereas in everybody wants some jake fits in right away he makes friends right away you know he's he's found his spot whereas whereas alex he's having a much harder time with it you know we pick up I think it's his second semester when the movie starts and, you know, his, his roommate, uh, Sam, they kind of get along, but Sam, you know, gives him a hard time on a lot of things. And you can tell Alex wants to find, you know, his, his group, his, his people, if you will, but you know, he's having trouble, trouble making those connections. And, you know, I think everyone can relate to that a little bit too. You know, not everyone can come in and be, a Finn or, or a Jake and just instantly connect with whoever you meet. And, you know, not everyone's going to be Alex who, who struggles basically finding that, you know, that social, social circle. Most people are probably somewhere in between. So you can, you can relate really to both, both characters here and shithouse, a, a dramedy. There's some really funny moments, but it leans into the the more emotional side of how tough it can be transitioning to, you know, college life. That can be a hard, hard thing for some people to get through. And I thought they handled it really, really well. You know, everyone's had those moments where you overthink literally everything you're doing. You, you make a joke and then you kind of second guess, was that funny? Should I have said it? Or you go up and you know, talk to a, talk to a girl or a guy you're, inter- you're interested in. And then 
you'll second guess yourself, you know, in the moment and afterwards. And Alex or Cooper, he, he played that role so realistically and, and it was so like everybody wants them. It also felt very real, but kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, what, what did you guys think? I know Neil, you just watched this earlier today. So it's a little fresher in your mind. Sure. Um, one thing that kind of what made me think about with this movie is realizing like this was kind of, you know, my experience with college, whereas my like going into freshman year, I had a random roommate and I feel like oh, how Skyler. you, yeah, Skylar, if, if you're, if you're going to be listening out there, um, <laughs> but I feel like how you, I guess, gel with them you know, can play a big factor in how your year will go. And if you can be, actually become friends with that person, that makes a big, you know, difference as well be, be, for being just, you know, a roommate or one of your friends. Like I remember our first night in college, you know, we were setting up our dorm and then he just, he says like, hey, like you want to go over this one guy's dorm? I met him on Facebook. because it was, you know, some Facebook group for our dorm hall. I was like, sure, why not? And then it kind of just boomed from there. I mean, I know Dirk, you're, I mean, we're all still friends with them. Your, your uh, random roommate, Mark Hambage. I'm, to be honest, I don't know who your roommate was. You never met him. He, even he, if you don't still talk to that person. He transferred after the first semester, ahead. actually. And then, and then Brian moved in. Makes sense why I never met him. <laughs> that, that makes sense why I never met him. But I mean, lucky for you guys, like, even if you didn't like that roommate, you still had the tennis team. Like you have that group to always go to. Whereas in the movie here, he didn't have that group. He kind of just had himself and that's what he was really struggling with. Yeah, I completely agree. And like you said, Neil, I mean, shout out Marky Mark. Hopefully he's, hopefully we'll get him on here at some point, but uh, it it is like the first little while for, for Mark and me, you know, we, we definitely weren't the best of friends and we slowly kind of got into um, becoming friends, becoming, uh, compatible as roommates, things like that. And I think that's where this film really, uh, resonates for me. Like, like it, it actually, um, kind of opposite from everybody wants them. Like you said, Neil, the characters are, um, kind of showing a real experience. They're being real people. You can kind of, in a way, even if, even if you became good friends with your roommates, uh, or with your random roommate, I should say, like like Neil and I did with Skylar and Mark, you still have those moments, um, especially from this from the very start of college, of feeling alone, feeling like you need to call your mom or your dad or your sisters or brothers or whatever it is, um, and not having anybody to turn to at times. But then, um, kind of like like it showed in the movie, it is in a, in a different way, yet in the same way, it's about finding yourself in college, and I think this movie did show that just in a different way than everybody wants them. Yeah. And, and mentioning, you know, even just, you know, the, the cell phone there and, um, and they're used in, in shithouse in a very different way. You know, there, obviously there was the posting, you know, as, as people will do, but Cooper, um, Alex kind of had it as, as a, as a safety net too. And it kind of mm-hmm. showed, showed that and how, you know, he, you know, he definitely, you know, missed his mom and his sister. They were very close and it can be very tempting to just always call them whenever something goes even slightly wrong and it can be hard to resist that if you have something just at your fingertips you can always go to and then it it culminates in that really really well done scene at the end of the movie he calls his calls his mom and you know they have that really emotional emotional talk and those kind of scenes will always always get to me that emotional parent child scene um going back to eighth grade there's a really good one in that there's one in love simon 
call me by your name, a few just recent examples, but in everybody wants some, there's no cell phones, you know, you don't really have that option. Obviously you've got the landline, but even to make a joke about it, you know, you've got to pay for that. You know, every call you make, you know, it's goes that adds to the phone bill and not that that'd be prohibitive, but it's, you know, it's an extra step. And if you only have one phone, it's harder to find time to make calls. Whereas you've got your cell phone, you know, whether it's midnight, three in the morning, middle of the day, you know, if you feel the need to, you can always just reach out and call and that, that can help and hurt people. And if they overuse it in, in college or in any tough time, you know, sometimes you do need to reach out and get that extra help, you know, just talk to someone for five, 10 minutes. But if you do it every single day, it just makes that transition even harder, kind of digging yourself into a hole. Um, but again, it, it just felt so, so real that the struggles he was having, they weren't this overblown, huge thing. It was just very, very realistic that anyone could, could find themselves in even the most self-confident person could find themselves in a, in a stretch, you know, hard stretch where they're either not making friends or their friends are maybe not who they thought they were. If they're, you know, people they're just meeting. And I mean, for a first, for a first feature, this was just incredibly well done, you know, incredible touch and, and deafness to, to the craft there. And I, I would encourage anybody listening to just do, just Google um, Cooper Rafe, R-A-I-F-F for his last name, and just read the story about how he, you know, the process to making this movie is, it's really impressive. And, you know, I think he's 24 years old, 25, somewhere in there. Um, so, you know, big things are coming from him. I'd feel like, you know, if this is his, his first effort, I'm, I'm ex- very excited to see what kind of path his career takes yeah, yeah, 100% agree. And I actually <clears throat> read um, when I was kind of preparing for this uh, this talk here, I read that the original cut of this film was, uh, I think it was a little bit over two and a half hours long and he cut it down to like an hour, an hour and a half or a little bit more. So that in and of itself is pretty incredible that he, th- there is so much of this film that he, he probably cut out and it still really resonated with, with me. And it sounds like with you two too, being just a relatable uh, movie from a brand new, brand new um, director and, and actor. Well, it sounds like we both really, or all three of us really liked both of these movies. I think the consensus is strong recommends for both. That, yeah, that correct? Definitely. And I don't think they're streaming free anywhere, um, but you can definitely find, a, find them out there. A, yeah. To hop on Amazon for both of them. Yep. yep but yep. you know, reasonably priced, I'm sure um worth a watch if you haven't seen it i don't think we spoiled too much if if anything on those on those two movies there so yeah, and but, both had different vibes too so you know it really depends on what, what mood you're in at that night yeah so, and so. it makes they make a really interesting double feature you know if you want to watch the everybody wants that's something, true got that's that, good point got that light-hearted good times vibe and then shithouse has the still some some humor to it but a more dramatic serious tone and, but dealing with, you know, you know, same age people, you know, Jake is 18 and everybody wants them. Cooper or Alex is 18 in shithouse and just seeing the vastly different paths that your first year in college can take makes a really, really interesting, you know, back to back, back showing if you've got some, got some time for that. Absolutely. And then just like you mentioned, they're the same age, but they're just different eras. One's, you know, early eighties, uh, this, you know, should house, I'm assuming it's supposed to be around, you know, like 2019, 2020. And just so like how different your experience can be with what technology you have, you know, like mentioned with the whole like social media and everything. We're in the eighties, like 
you got your wallet and your keys in your pocket and that's it. You're on your own. There's no phone to call anyone or text anyone. You got to use a pay phone to call someone at home, if anything. Yeah, I agree for sure. Especially like I was saying with uh, social media in general, it, it, I love having um, all the pictures and videos and stuff from college, but I am glad that uh, we, we, at least when we went to school, it wasn't, we weren't as in tune with social media as it is now having to post things 24 seven type of thing. Not, not having to, that's not the right word, but in this day and age, it's a little more, um, I guess, normal to be in, in touch on social media, Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, I, I do like looking back on those pictures and videos, of course, but I think it was nice that yeah, they're, they're fun to have, but not that I did anything super embarrassing, but there's tons of pictures I'm sure that are fun to look back on, <laughs> yeah, the, but I would not want them posted anywhere on a, there's a on a public feed. There's a few <laughs> pictures for that that are only allowed for a few eyes to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll keep them to <laughs> But I think that that is nice to going back to everybody wants some. Just seeing seeing that all those those people in the movie just kind of enjoying themselves without being on their phone was nice to see. All right. Well, I think. Um, gushed over both of those both long enough so it's time to move on to hey hambidge got a question oh, for you so you look excited he must have a good I got couple some good questions ones lined this up. Time. all right yeah let's and shout out shout, shout out joey Slatke. He, he told neil and myself that we took it easy on you last week <laughs> okay slacky i guess we'll see what uh what comes we need up some, we, i think we need some slatky questions at some point here <laughs> yeah. some uh, some little guest listener questions those i might need exactly. to screen i won't screen some you guest guys submissions. Yeah, I might, <laughs> might need to uh pre-approve those ones all right what do you guys got so i'll give you a softball one first just to get you warmed up here all right i know you're a minnesota sports fan but okay what who's your favorite team to watch and favorite team to attend in person or favorite team to watch in person uh, probably the twins for both. Okay. Baseball has been my favorite sport, would, you know, for a long time. So that's, that's always got a special, special spot for me. And I'm not really a big fan of professional football games, like going to them. I'd much rather just watch on my TV. Um, and, and basketball, the wolves have been mediocre at best for far too long that their games just aren't all that fun no i haven't been to a, a wolves game in a long time but but twins games you know they've been good the last few years target field is awesome um and baseball has kind of got more of a, a relaxed feel obviously so you can just kind of hang out a little bit more though i will say wild games are super fun to go to they're kind of expensive but you know i've gotten been given some tickets that people couldn't use the last couple of years and wild games are, are real fun too what a better rookie season, Justin Jefferson or Randy Moss? I mean, stats-wise, it's Justin Jefferson. So you think he's but, better than Randy Moss, huh? Uh, way too early to say that. I mean, what do you Moss, think Randy thinks about that? Yeah, that's interesting. We I think Randy will always say Randy, Randy's better. You know, obviously the raw numbers, you can't argue that. But then there's the talent factor. I mean, Moss, that Thanksgiving Day game against, against Dallas, I mean, that's all time. Yeah, like three catches, like 180 yards and three touchdowns or whatever it was. It's just absurd. And then they just had the anniversary. It wasn't his rookie year, but of the the fake boon at Lambeau. Uh, that is one, quite the celebration. One, one of the all-time moments. Joe Buck's absurd overreaction. Oh, I'm sorry you had to see that live. It's like, eh, he was 
a fake moon. It wasn't really that bad. I actually it do like Joe funny. Buck. I've come around. <laughs> he was just excited. I, I, that made I like Joe hate, Buck as well. That That's... made me hate Joe Buck. And then, then last year, I've heard some <laughs> interviews with him. He was he was on Brockmire a couple times. I've come around on them. I'm, I'm a fan now. I agree. I think the hate for everybody, everybody loves each, you know, on Twitter that, that I do love Twitter as a social media app, but everybody on Twitter loves to be like, Oh, Buck and Aikman are announcing my games. Oh dude. They're, people shit on them all the yeah, time. And, and it's, I, I disagree. I, I, don't I mind disagree and agree. I mean, I, yeah, I can see it of course, but yeah. I agree with you, Hamage. I've come around on Buck the last few years. And no broadcaster is going to be perfect. Like, you know, it's there's going to be people who disagree with them or don't like what they say. Oh, it's just beautiful watching him or listening to him, if I should say. All right, I'm up. Hey, Hambitch, who was your first celebrity crush? That had to be probably either. Ah, oh, no, I just thought of a different one. It was probably Kimberly Joe Johnston, the pink Power Ranger. Oh, that's a good one. Very interesting. Or, or Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bell. Those are probably the two early ones. Yeah, those are definitely two uh, big ones as for crushes during those times in the 90s. The Power oh, Ranger one, I didn't think of that one. I was trying to go over my head what you would think, and I totally forgot <laughs> about the Power Ranger because half the time she's wearing the suit, you know. Yeah. If you're going mainstream, it was, you know, Britney Spears, obviously, you know, like sure. most of our generation. But I'd, I'd say, I'd probably say Pink Ranger was probably the earliest one. What was your favorite drink in college? Mm, interesting. Um, <laughs> probably the juice. No, probably the dollar Long Island at Brothers. Oh. See that? See that? That going back to your question about college bars, it all it depended on the day or the night or your mood, I suppose, because there was always a deal. When, whatever night it was, there's something going on. That or or the the dollar dollar cherry bombs. Cause there was just so much novelty. They were, they weren't like strong at all. If, if you remember taking those, but you could go up with a group of like 10 people order 20 shots sure. just for the, just for the, the joke of it. And you drink it down and there's like barely any alcohol in them, but you do it just for the, for the laugh. And you see this bartender just pouring 20 shots across the bar. Hambitch, I, feel like the, I feel like there's a photo floating around somewhere where you're trying to carry like $4 long islands and try and drink them all at the same time. And that, that's all that reminded me of when you said how, talk about how cheap they were. I feel like there's a picture of that I don't somewhere. know about four, but you know, like the cherry bombs, they were, obviously they're a dollar. They're, they're small and they're, they were really light. Um, but it's just, it's a novelty of saying, oh yeah, I just got four drinks, whatever. Yeah. And then after a few of those, you just uh, maybe get a little bit sleepy and put your head down uh, in the just, bar. Just a little cat nap. Shout yeah. out Hambone. Yeah. Dirk just showed a, that a, picture, said- a picture on an audio only podcast. So we got that going for us. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I just had to, had to uh, bring back your memory. Here. <laughs> but I did have a question going off that picture. After you have 20 cherry bombs, where would your late night food snack place be in college? What would you, what's your, what's your go, what was your go-to? We're going to need clear. the name and if you were to describe it for the, for the yeah. viewers. And what, you, and what your menu item was. Let's be clear. I didn't take 20, 20 cherry bomb shots. You would buy them for the group. <laughs> And maybe maybe twenty total. <laughs> I didn't take twenty. Just need to get that out there. Sounds um, like selective memory to me. Nah, correct selective memory. Uh, favorite food spot is a place called <laughs> El Patio or Burrito Express. Um, it's it's the best idea ever for late night food in a, in a college town, especially. Just flat five dollar burrito, 
you got a choice of was it chicken or beef, I think. You got rice. You had choice of hot sauce. And it was like either beans or no beans, cheese or cheese sauce or no cheese sauce. Straight through the line, in and out. Fantastic. Perfect. Can't be beaten. Yeah. There's like three things you had to answer. And then yeah. it's like, all right, five bucks. Just an assembly line. It was perfect. the most simple... It was the most simple item, but it was the best item. There was no tax, like you said, flat five dollars. So you send yep. a five dollar bill, and then it's like all your body needed, you know, to help you for tomorrow. Perfect way to end the night, always. <laughs> Very true. All right, I got one more here. Hopefully, it doesn't get vetoed here. But what is something your parents don't know about you, and you hope that they never find out? <laughs> uh, probably. I think I'm going to save my rest for another time. Dirk, I don't, you have any more? Uh, I think I'm all right for now. <laughs> all right. We'll see how, how our, our good buddy Sladkey thinks of, uh, thinks of, thinks of this round of questions. See what he comes back with. So that'll, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, join us next week as we'll be talking our favorite conspiracy theories. We'll have a, a few each to discuss and uh, that should be a, a real fun time. If you want to throw in a, any suggestions or ones you like, get us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Gnome Boys Pod. And again, we're on Apple Podcasts now. We're on Stitcher. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, we'll be on Spotify. Drop us a rating. Give us a review. Subscribe to that. Be a huge, huge help to us as we, as we get this thing going. Appreciate any, any interaction uh, we might get. For Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambage. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week.